When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from 3,000 miles away by I Say Icon, I Say Icon, the one, the only Miss Melissa Rivers. How are you? Good. Icon, that's a, that's a very big word. I'd like to say uh, if I'm an icon, you have a low bar. <laughs> I've been told that by other guests before, but I don't call everyone an icon. Just well, so you thank know. you. But yes, it's like it's like my dating life. I have a very low bar now. Oh my god! I have well in quarantine. I have a really low bar, actually. I I've given up. Like, what are you gonna do? No, I, I've given up. I've given up. But you yeah, know are what? You, are you neurotic about all of this? COVID or yeah. dating? Both. Um. So in the beginning, like I'm not. Like, I'm not really an erotic person. I'm like a very organized person. Like, I work like a dog. So, like, I'm very regimented when it comes to work. And like, I work all day and every minute needs to be accounted for and there cannot be any lag time. Socially, I'm not really one to like panic. So like, I think I got panicked in the beginning about the fact that I was even concerned. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was more concerned than I would have expected myself to be and pretty concerned. But, but how do you date? I'm not going to let some stranger no. in my, my space, let alone touch me. You don't really. I mean, like, so now it's like now that we're living with it and like the world is opened a little bit, you're not really as nervous. But then but you're in New York where it's okay. L.A. we're about to shut down again. I know. So it's a whole different my, I said to, mindset. I said to one of my friends, I'm like, Oh my God, the way this is going, there's like 10 of you and that's, the, that's for the rest of my life, that's all I've got? You had like a little time to date when the world was open and now it's good. You, you should have found someone, Melissa, within- Oh yeah, just rapido, rapido. <laughs> I personally, I'm the worst person to ask because I make like no effort to date, like normally. I'm just, you know, like I have a great life. Like it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not making excuses. It's just, if you leave me on my own devices, even like without this, I am a horrible dater. What about oh, I'm you? a terrible dater. I'm a terrible dater. And it's not that I don't want to meet somebody. I just, I just generally, I'm just like, Neh. you know, it's that, it's that, is it worth giving up sleeping diagonally? And that's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. And sharing the remote. And like just your Saturday night, like, okay, like I could go on a date with one person tonight or I can go out with like five people that I enjoy. Okay, but then you're a much more social creature than me. I'm happy to, like, 
curl up in my house and look out the window and sigh at the moon. So it's really just the remote and like sleeping remotely. It's sleeping diagonally. Yeah. That's a, that's or a sleeping big, diagonal. That's a big one for me. And like you said, you're freezing because your air conditioning was on too low, like before but we started. I, but I sleep in a meat locker. Like you do. Oh my God. I, cause I like having the blankets on top of me. So I make the room really cold. See, you and I can never date because I like, I love it cold, but at night I like it. I shut the air conditioning off because I get cold at night regardless. I know that sounds weird. So I like waking up to like a warm house. Oh, I don't mind the house being warm, but I just don't want my, my sleeping environment warm. You like it cold. Oh, you have no idea. It's literally like a meat locker. So you've been quarantining. Yeah, you've been quarantining at home with Cooper, right? Hasn't he? Yes, he, he came home from college. How, you know, that wasn't a happy camper. He wasn't. Were you thrilled to secretly have him home? I mean, regardless of COVID and all this other stuff? Um, yes. I was thrilled that he was coming home. I was very disappointed for him uh, for the circumstances because he, he's, he's a lacrosse player and, you know, their season had just started and he had been recruited and he was playing really well and was one of the few freshmen on the team actually getting significant playing time. Um, wow. So and he worked, was working so hard and getting good grades. So I think it was, I felt, I felt badly for him, but yeah, it was great having him home, you know, it, it but here's the weird thing. Yes. <clears throat> I'll start again. But here's the weird thing. So a bunch of my friends are, we all became empty nesters this year. Either their last child went off or their only child went off. And all of us had kind of just gotten in the swing of what our new routines were. Because we had a whole like support system because we would always call it the witching hour that, you know, if usually it would be like five to seven, but for us, because most of our kids had practices, it was that seven to nine, where usually the house was blowing up with activity or at five o'clock getting in my car to go to a game or whatever. So we started seeing a lot of early movies. <laughs> we started, that was like our weird witching hour. So That's finally, fine. you know, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, we'd all kind of just gotten our pat, our new pattern. And then now they're home and now I'm going to have to go through all of that all over again. I mean, he's scratching at the door, ready to leave. He's like, are they definitely going back in the fall, the colleges? Uh, his is as of right now. Supposedly they start August 20th. Oh, but, wow. you know, there's significant, you know, things in place and constant testing. And because he's an athlete, the teams are constantly tested as a group. And, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole, whole thing. But we'll see how long it lasts. Are you like the cool mom? Well, I like to think so. He might have a different answer. I mean, I, I would assume you're the cool mom, but maybe that's just me. I used to be the cool mom. For sure, I was the cool mom when he was growing up. All of his friends were like, you're the coolest mom. You're the best mom. But I don't think any parent is cool right now. He's 19. Um, so... I think that sort of 17, 18, 19, they're kind of like, you know, they're very busy trying to be adults. And so I don't think any parent is really looked at as cool. Yeah. And to be like then trapped at home with your mom. Yeah. And like trap trapped. 
like trap trap. And if I hear one more time, well, so and so, I'm like, I don't care. It's like, it's so funny. Um, someone sent me a screenshot that said, uh, my, my kid has turned out just like me. No, uh, wait, 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 my kid has turned out just like me. Well played, karma, well played. And I kind of feel like I'm living like, that. <laughs> yeah, karma's a bitch. That's funny. But it's that old story of one day you're going to have a kid just like you. Oh, God. And every time I get mad, I try and go like, fuck, I would have been so much worse. You're going to have to, you're going to have to adjust to this all when he goes back to school. Yeah, I am. But we've had a, a surprisingly easy go of it living together for basically, you know, for five months with really just the two of us. And obviously as things loosened up, we had friends outside and he has a couple of his buddies. I let come, I let sort of, they've been on our bubble the whole time. So they at least can, you know, these, these boys, most of his friends are athletes too, all came home, what I like to call game fit. So they'd all been training all year and season had just started. And it was like, you know, the coaches did everything but throw red meat in the cages. So they came home bouncing off the walls. Right. So it was a lot of energy. Does he, like, I mean, he's 19. Like, does he date? Like, does he bring a lot of girls around? Like, do you, are you, like, an overprotective mom when it comes to that? Um, yeah, he, he, he never really tells me until it's a little bit later in the game. I'll get, oh, I've been talking to her or this or that. You know, he, I think it's hard, especially being a single mom. And I think he knows how protective I am. And I think, you know, the one real girlfriend I did meet and I spent a little bit of time with, but she's gone. Um, I don't know, he's a little, little cagey about it. Really? Well, I think he just thinks I'm not gonna like anybody. Right. Which is good, which means all my years of brainwashing have worked. You're like, you're young, you have time. Well, you know, no one will ever be good enough. Let's be honest. He's my baby. That's true. And boys and their moms. It's like a special bond, right? Yeah, just like daughters and their moms, boys and their, you know, their mommies. Oh, yeah. What about, like, I know, you know, I think recently you said this, you know, that, like, he's Joan's greatest legacy. Oh, yes. Which I know she said also. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we saw that on the classic show, Joan Knows Best. Like, does he have like a lot of memories of her? Oh, like, tons. Does he, or was he tons just young? Tons and tons. He, they had such a wonderful relationship. And um, yeah, I mean, she, she made much more of an impact on his life than I think even I'm aware. They were very, very close. That's you know, how it seems. And she's not here to break up our arguments anymore. Could you imagine if you were all quarantined together? Um, well, I can tell you right now, I would be sitting in the corner rocking quietly and muttering to myself. You'd be like, David, I can't really talk right now. I have to go. <laughs> no, I would already have been put away. I would have been, you know, put in a straitjacket and carried off by month two. Seriously. Now, you have recently gotten into the podcast game. 
Yes. Tell me about your podcast, Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast. Yes. Um, as you well know, people really want you to be like a very specific what you talk about. Like stay in your lane. But the problem with me was I don't, I, there was just so much stuff I was interested in and want to talk about. And I have this amazing group of friends. I'm on a couple different group texts and my closest friends are all very funny. And we would just get in these long text conversations between a group of us that were, I thought, hilarious. And it was random, random stuff. So I'm like, God, if this is what we're talking about and laughing, I, I want it to be all the stuff that I'm interested in and all my friends are interested in. It's been everything from obviously COVID and all of, you know, re-examining racism in, with my little sort of mini sub-series called Can We Talk, Can We Listen, to plastic surgery, to the college admissions scandal, to cults, to, you know, re the reality of reality television. So it's just pretty much anything we're talking about. You including, like it? by the way, living with your teen slash college age child during all this. Right. So maybe that's your specific that you just hmm. kind of talk about everything you would talk about on a group text, hence the name. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what sort of started it. And that's, you know, that's the thing was I look back, I'm like, what do we talk about a lot besides like, you know, what we're eating and what we're drinking? Um, yeah. So I was just like, I don't want to be put in the lane. I mean, obviously the, the obvious one was going to be fashion or gossip or celebrity. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about just the stuff, the shit we talk about. Yeah. Did you have like any reservations? Like, do you like it? What are the challenges oh you faced? I love doing a podcast, but you know, it's so fun. Yeah. It, it's truly like, you can just say whatever you're thinking, whatever you want. And I feel like there's an honesty to it that people are more apt to be honest and say the things they're actually thinking and not be quite as guarded as they yeah. would be with television. And I would think that's, that's what true. I find, that's what I find very, very fun and very, very interesting about it. And you could put out your own content rather than have all these people kind of edit you or, you know, like if it's yours, you could kind of go with whatever direction you'd like to go in. I do have a couple people uh, who work on it with me who definitely check it to make sure that I haven't said something. Or right. Or, you know, but I, I, I really enjoy, I enjoy the conversation. I like it. I mean, I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, you know, it's hard work at times and, you know, there are challenges. But there's challenges in everything. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carb. 
established, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Yeah, totally. And the, the fun part about it is you can just like, like what you and I have already talked about dating, my son, COVID, the fact that you are overscheduled. I mean, you just, I feel like it just lend the, the, the medium lends itself to real conversation. Totally. I always say that like, once I speak to someone on my podcast, like they're in my, they're in my group. Like, I feel like you can't spend a, you know, a minute with someone without being like, there's just something even if it's yeah. over Zoom like this. And I feel like with, with the quarantine and all of that and podcasting has really taken off during that, that the addition of Zoom to this that we weren't all necessarily using has made a huge difference in the, uh, the depth of the content we're getting. Because totally. we're actually having a conversation where you're not having to go into a studio or you're not having to do it via phone. And I feel like that's changed the dynamic of it and I think it's made it better. I think so. And like, it's just changed like the dynamic. Cause before I'd be like, well, I want people in person, you know, and then most people would be in person, but then I may not listen. I'm wonderful and fabulous, but I don't think Melissa Rivers was getting on a plane and flying to New York city just to sit down and talk to me. So for me, it's really like broadened the base and I'm like, Oh, this is a whole new thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just had someone on who is a uh, based out of uh, Cleveland. So I'm like, I never would have gotten him in person. He's not going to fly out and do it. But right. I had the, with the true crime writer that I'm a huge true crime junkie. So we had the most amazing hour, like just talking, but I never would have gotten this guy to get on a plane. Right. You know, yeah. it was, it's going to be a great podcast. It's, if it's, you like true crime. It's not bad. It's not bad. I didn't realize you were such a true crime fan. <gasps> oh, really. total. I was total true crime and total history junkie. I was a history major. So like, do you watch all those shows where they're like, and this happened and did she do, you know, like all those just not even, I don't yeah. even know what they're called, but. Uh, totally, 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 totally. I love all that. Um, Interesting. I, you're like, mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom also, we used to, our favorite show was Law and Order. So we both had seen basically, I used to be able to be like, you could just tell me the title of the episode and like the first two lines of the description, I could tell you the whole, really? the whole thing. And um, oh, so wow. I used to be like, we, we'd be bored, we'd be like on a plane or something, we'd be like, okay, how would we commit the perfect crime? Like, you know, I mean, we just love, I think in another lifetime, I would have loved to have been like a profiler. Like, I feel like I missed my calling. Interesting. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Wouldn't that be great? That would be fun if I was good at that, but I don't think I would ever be good at that. I'm just not what good at things like that. What would you do if you could, what was the, what would you be doing in another lifetime? I mean, there's so many things. Like, I think I would be a psychiatrist. Okay, but like a psychologist or a psychiatrist? 
probably a psychiatrist, like going to med school, seeing patients, really not even specializing in anything in particular, just listening to people's problems and helping them solve it. That's, see, that's great. So it's always like, if you know, in an, as I was saying, in a yeah, no, I like, yeah. I think about stuff like that all the time. Yeah. But yeah, that's, we love what, it doesn't mean that we don't love what we do, but you, as you grow and change and evolve, you find other things that just excite you. Or I would have started like an Andy Cohn, like in the entertainment business, like at the beginning of my career and just like worked my way up. Okay, but take the entertainment business. Like if you couldn't be in the entertainment business, like I would definitely be like a forensic psychologist. And I'd be a psychiatrist, like sitting in an office, just seeing patients all day. And Prescribing as a psychiatrist. Prescribing and listening to their problems. That's what I'd be doing. Prescribing being the uh, operative word. Being the operative word. So now, okay, so you mentioned your mom. So I know we're coming up on the anniversary of her passing. Like, how are you doing? Like, has... Well, it's six years. Yeah. Um, lately, I've been missing her a lot. <clears throat> um, I was just thinking about that when I was driving today. It's like, lately, I've been missing her a lot, a lot. Like, she's been on my mind a bunch. And I don't know if it's just because of where we are and I feel like I'm being maybe, you know, people have, <laughs> which is not good for me, more time to think. <laughs> Never Personally, could. well, I don't know about you. I mean, you have Cooper there, but if I did not have this podcast, I can honestly tell you that I would be in a straitjacket. Like if I wasn't able to do this from a home as often as I've been doing it, like that's what's, cause you're right. Like the time on your hands is not good. Even if you have the most healthy mind. Yeah. But do you find yourself, I always say, I, I start going down the rabbit hole. Like it's, you have, and I have to like pull, like you've got to be like, no, like you have to be disciplined and pull yourself out of it. In the beginning I did. Like I was fine. Like I'm not, like I'm okay being alone. Like I'm not really lonely. In the beginning, like when I went down like the bigger picture rabbit hole of just like life, I had to pull myself out of it a few days. Like just the bigger picture of like, what's going on in the world. That's when I was like, I got to stop this. Oh, you're very well balanced. I, you know, driving home today from, from physical therapy, good times. Uh, I, their song came on the radio and I'm like, <gasps> so I'm like what is wrong with me? I did, you know what it is? I found through this that my emotions are more on the surface. Right. Um, and I think part of it too is because I'm coming up, August, you know, August, I had the anniversary of my father's death. And then September, I have my mother. So I'm kind of coming into that reflective time of year. I could say I don't that. like being reflective. I'm much happier being shallow. Me too. I, mean, I, can go, I can go swim around in the deep end, but I much prefer walking around the shallow end with a cocktail. Much. A nice <laughs> martini. Just keep it shallow. Exactly. Well, listen, I live in New York and you live in LA. So it's kind of we're in maybe the right cities for that. Yeah, I mean... The shallowness, I mean, a little bit? Oh, for sure. Well, that's what I mean. Like, oh, we want to keep it... we're walking around in a pool. I'm like, well, no. let's get a kiddie pool and go sit. So this is the best. So a friend of mine doesn't have a pool. And she got a kiddie pool and filled it up and put it in her backyard. And she, take, she takes her beach chair <laughs> and goes and sits in it and reads her book. She's like, that's how I deal. I it's like... It does that i like that it's like getting out yeah but she's like i put my chair in it i got my feet up 
feel like I'm, I'm sitting by the pool. I'm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And like, so I mean, yeah. So you're coming up on this reflective time of year. I mean, do people? So I mean, I imagine when people see you in the streets or whatever on Instagram. You know, when people want, like me, ask about this, or when fans come up and they say, like, oh, my God, I loved your mother. Like, is that helpful six years later? Or, you know, is it like, I don't need to be reminded of this every day? You know, like, I couldn't imagine. You know, I could see it both ways. Like, does that bring her closer? Or is it like, I just don't want to talk about this today. Like, you can tell me to shut the hell up. No, no, no. Um, I'm at a place where it's, like, lovely. In the beginning, very, very beginning, it was, oh my God, all this outpouring and how that, that really enveloped my, Cooper and, and, and me. And then it got to the point though, where, and I'm talking about like two months. So it wasn't right on the hills. It was about starting at about two months when I was starting to kind of, you know, travel more and for work and this and that and the other, people would come up to me and would start to like cry. And I remember I, I, I was standing on a plane completely trapped and someone came up to talk to me. They'd met my mom and at a show somewhere and they start crying and suddenly I'm having to comfort other people. And that got very difficult. Like it was only like, two, you know, not even, it was probably like six weeks and people were doing it to be lovely and tell me about these amazing experiences but they, it was still so fresh, so many people. She touched so many people so deeply. Yeah. Very emotional. And that became difficult because I was, would be like, I can't comfort another person. Or if I was having a bad day, I can't comfort someone else. But that being said, that passed. You know? So, yeah. you know... It, it, it is what it is. And I, she was a legend and I am, you know, there's I, lately, like I said, I've been missing her a lot lately and missing New York and missing her apartment and missing just being there and what it felt like. I was looking at, at a, at a picture of it the other day and I got really, um, not sad. It was very bittersweet. And I, you know, and I'm sure it's because the world is upside down right now. It's like, I just want to go back. And, and I, I know it's, you know, this is all normal right now. Well, it was a great apartment. Well. And a great part of town. Yeah, but also it was just being in New York with my mother. Right. Like, I always think, like, I'll go, I, when I go back and I stay at a lovely hotel and I do this, it just doesn't feel the same it's the first time that I've ever felt like a stranger in the city, not a part of it. Do you have a strong preference like New York or, or LA? Well, I grew up in LA. We've been here since I was three. And then I went to school in Philadelphia and then I came back to LA, but New York was just a big part of my life. My Cooper and I were talking about my mom's house in Connecticut that we loved. And during all this, I'm like, oh my God, I miss the Connecticut house so much. Um, you know, and I, it, it started me really thinking about I miss New York and, and my last trip in was really when it hit me that I, I couldn't figure out why I didn't, I couldn't feel comfortable. I don't know why I felt awkward. And that's when I realized it's the first time that I felt like a visitor and not part of it. Huh. I didn't like that feeling at all. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not at all. 
Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week, and I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online professional counseling, and what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors get back to you in a very timely manner, and you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues, depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues. And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. If you need help, this is a great solution. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope and get 10% off your first month. Is there one part of like your mom's career that like sticks out as like the best thing? Like is when you look back you're like, this is so, I mean, there were so many different things. Well, you know, we did have a great time working together. Yes, there were some rough moments, but we did have fun. And we were such a well-oiled machine, you know? And I look back and think, God, that was, that was fun. The red carpets used to be so fun. But those of like people always say, would you go back? And I'm like, no, no. You're really? never going to capture what we had. No one's been able to replicate it. And I give my mother the credit for that, not myself. Um, she could have, I, you know, done whatever she did. I could have been a fucking trained monkey, and it would have been just as good, um, in my opinion. Says the insecure, nervous, middle-aged Jew. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I like totally get it. You know, these are the curses that we just have to deal with. Yes. That and the fact that my metabolism has slowed down. That's a nightmare. Has so your even, metabolism slowed down yet? Well, it kind of was not really. How old but, are you? Well, okay, a couple of things. First of all, now that we're in COVID, it's yes, I have no metabolism. There's not, there's nothing that fits me. Right. I, literally. And I'm probably, let's not answer that question. I'm probably like around your age, believe it or not. Everyone thinks I'm younger than I am. 
Well, people think I'm younger too, so that's yeah. Okay, my literally like two, three years ago, at like forty-five, it started slowing down, and at forty-seven, it's like someone pulled the emergency brake. I had to go out yesterday. I went to put on a pair. Like I'm not even joking. I don't have these. Like nothing fits. But no, but like my. It doesn't matter. Even pre-COVID, like my metabolism was like slowing down. Like, and I swear to God, it's because we're just juice like that's what our metabolism does you know it just so. comes you can i work out so much it does not matter my body has taken on a shape that i'm like i do not i it has never been this shape in my life and i do not know where this shape comes from unless i google pictures of like old russian jews and i realize i'm shaped like that it's a horror show but i will go down like i believe in it all like i i I am from the Joan Rivers school of nip it, tuck it. Like I, I will go down fighting. Like oh, it's just. You have no idea how much I'm fighting. I am on that Peloton. I am lifting. I am doing everything. If I don't get Phil soon, I don't know what I'm like. I won't like take a picture anymore because I'm like, I oh was, I, I was able to. So that's the thing. Like, and I give people, don't get me wrong. If you don't want to go down fighting, like I, I give you credit. Like I'm not being up snotty like more power to you that you're like an actual like self-actualized person and you are you realize there's more to life like i I, i'm jealous of you no i'm not that person like my cousin is the most secure this i mean i'm like i look at her and i'm like oh my god i do not know how you do that because i look at her and like there's it's been so bad (laughs) That when I go to like get dressed or get in the shower, I avert my eyes from the mirror. I avert uh, my own eyes. It, it happens. Yeah. But no, I mean, if I don't, I, I get that the Botox under my neck, under my chin. Oh my God. I, I, I can't go another day without it to the point where I'm so neurotic that when I'm reading a book like this, I swear I can feel the skin. <laughs> I get, I just, I, I just want to fit into my pants again after COVID. I, I had to put on big girl clothes because I actually had to go do uh, a shoot, uh, some wraparounds for a charity event. And uh, we were shooting a mom a lo- at a location. So I had to get like dressed. And I, I, it was the most bizarre feeling. Like I was kind of climbing out of, like I was like, couldn't, figure out where all the pieces were and it was it's a little wait till you to put on real clothes again it's bizarre well that's well i've had to and that's the other thing i've realized about myself like i keep myself in shape i think mostly for fashion because i'm really into like fashion so i i'm just i'm like i understand how i've gotten so out of shape during covid because like who cares i don't have to look good or put it like i mean it's all sweats so I think more part of my motivation is really just to look good in clothes, not Absolutely. the other way around. Oh, 100%. But I was like, I, I like had to put on like my good black pants and my good Saint Laurent black it's hard. shirt, the, you know, my, my basic work uniform and the earrings and the, like, I was driving to the location. I was just like, oh God, like everything felt confined and I had to put on a belt and I was just like, wow. You're like, just get me home. Yeah. It was so funny though, because a friend of mine was with me. She was part of the shoot also. And she felt the exact same way. She was, we were both crawling out of our skin. 
you're like, get me back home. I, I, I get it. It's like we've gotten used to being home now. Well, and just in, in loungewear, or someone gave me an active wear. What do we call it now? Leisure wear. At leisure. At leisure, so we don't look too terrible. Which is kind of nice. Now, yeah. have you gotten to the point, though, where your clothes go into the laundry room, you wash them, and then you just leave them, and you get dressed out of the laundry room? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, Cooper and I hit that point quite early. Oh, yeah. Where we would just, you know, or the two, laun- you just put it all back in the laundry basket, take it back upstairs, you don't put it away, you're just living out of stacks. You're like, what's the difference? And I'm only, like, wearing certain clothes. I'm like, who's, who, who cares? Like, who even cares? Right. I mean... So speaking of fashion, we need to talk about fashion police just for a minute because it was just, you could take a sip. It was just the, it was the best. It was the best show. Like, do you, do you miss it? Was that like one of the Um, highlights for you? I totally miss fashion police. It was so fun and it was just, it was just fun. It was just fun. And also, you know, we just, you know, be like, you're telling me, you're telling me. It's like, no, we're not. It's like, everyone take a deep breath. We're having fun, not saying anyone's a bad person, not saying anyone's this or that. It's like all these, we, when people would get upset, we'd be like, you know, when you're making $20 million a picture and you get 90% of your clothes for free and we don't like one thing, you're prior, and you're upset, your priorities are really out of whack. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I would be like the people that felt it was a badge of honor to be like slammed on it. That's a how I would of, be. By the way, a lot of people did. They, and they got that it was fun and it was funny and it was light. And it's like when you say it's like people are like, oh, that's awful. We're like, really? Is that what you say to your friends sitting on your couch? That was my mom's whole thing. I say when you're sitting next to your friend on the couch watching the award show, you're like, oh, you know. That's what it was. Was Kelly really your mom's favorite? Favorite child? Favorite of that. I mean, it just seemed like Joan just loved Kelly. I mean, besides you, of course. Well, I'm not going to say she had favorites. She adored George. She adored Juliana. And who doesn't love Kel Bell? Everybody loves, like, Kelly is just Kelly, you know? We love Kelly. We love Kelly. I just, I was just texting with her the other day. She had some picture on Instagram with like all these pom-poms in her hair and I texted her. I'm like, you got way too much time on your hands. Would you ever do a reboot with all the reboots going on these days? I mean, not oh, that. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, I loved working with Brad. I loved working with Nini. I loved working, you know, Juliana and I worked forever. I adore Margaret. Um, you know, there's a couple of people I wouldn't want to work with, but I, it, God, we could use it now too. Kind of, right? Well, I always said the big, my big regret, and, you know, because we went off the air right before the whole Me Too thing, and that would have been very challenging. But uh, a friend of mine put it great. They're like, when everybody wore black to the Golden Globes, it was like the greatest Project Runway challenge ever. Everybody's in black. You have the most beautiful women in the world. You have all the best designers in the world. Go. Like, that would have been the best fashion police. Like, yeah. I love like, can we just pick a color for every award show? That would, because it was fascinating. Everybody looked completely like individuals. Everyone still brought their A game, but everyone still made a statement. 
Like for me, that would have been one of the best fashion police ever. I haven't thought about that, but that's true. Yeah. What about if you were going to do a reboot and you couldn't have anybody from the old show and the panel, like any thoughts at the top of your head about who you'd want on the panel if you were going to executive produce it? Oh God. Well, it's different who I'd want to executive produce and who I'd want to host with. They're vastly different things. Um, wow, I haven't thought about that at all. I had always adored Tim Gunn. He was one of my favorite guests, always. Um, I enjoyed any. I enjoyed hosting with anyone that wanted to play and have fun and realize that we're talking about fashion. We're not solving hunger. Like right. that it's fun, that it's, it's silly, that it's, you know, that it's a celebration. It's not, you know, again, we're not figuring out peace in the Middle East. We're right. talking about shoes and dresses and right. clips, you know? Like, let's not take this too seriously. Well, I, I can't stand anyone that takes themselves too seriously. Everyone can be serious and have things that they're passionate about and, ca and causes they care about. And especially with celebrities, and they lend their voice and they believe in these different causes and they bring light to a lot of really important issues. But just people who take themselves so seriously just put me to sleep, especially in the entertainment business. Like, yeah. Let's, let's, all, let's all stop for one sec and realize that, yes, what we do is important and what we do, a lot of people think of it as a type of form of art and a lot of people just believe in entertaining and, and lightening everything up for people. And I strongly believe in that but we're not neurosurgeons. I would agree with that. You know. I mean, I agree with you guys a lot on your best and worst dress. Now in 2020, like who would you say is at the top of your like best dress? Like who comes to mind? Well, since we've all been on Zoom. Yeah, um, or like it. in the current world, you know, like 2019, like of these this current crop of people out there. Man, I can't even remember the Golden Globes. Um, I can tell you uh, on TV, I loved the costuming on Mrs. America. Really? I thought that was brilliant. Kate Blanchett in that very waspy wardrobe, just what I loved every minute of that so i'll give you that one because that's the only thing that's coming to mind you know i i you know i love kate blanchett i love you know nicole kidman i love you know all these jennifer lopez by the way how can she look so good all the way through this did you there was an instagram picture they she put up the other day that was her from the back in a white bathing suit and it was just like Seriously. I know. I don't get it. Like, she's not human. She's not. It's not right. I want to know what fountain of youth she's drinking from. And she's what? She's like 50, I think. Didn't she just turn 50? Oh, yeah. I think she's 51 this year. Oh, well, there you go. She's amazing. And every time she's posted anything or been on anything, she's looked so good. One of the first Zoom things I saw on TV, uh, the Today Show did Drew Barrymore. And she looked phenomenal. Really? Well, because that whole sort of boho thing works in this situation. 
It does. You know, and she looked so cute. I'm like, wow, she, this is, this, whatever she's doing and the hair and whatever, or the lighting in her office, it was fantastic. Drew kind of wins quarantine. She, right now she's winning quarantine. Her and, and Jennifer Lopez, which you would never think you would put Drew and Jennifer Lopez in the same category, but those two are definitely winning quarantine. Well, speaking of A-list celebrities, I mean, you've met a few of them. So let's play a game of like just rapid fire. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Okay. We'll start with my queen, Madonna. Tough in the best possible way. Just tough as nails in the best possible way. Did you guys ever hear from her? I mean, cause you know, Joan, she was one of Joan's targets, not, you know, in a bad way. No, never didn't hear from her. My mom, she and my mom had a, some lovely encounters. Um, and you know, so that was really nice. Um, but you know, people are like, you know, she's crazy and what's she doing? Fucking good for her. She just doesn't give a rat's ass. And she's earned that right. It's like Cher. They've earned the right to not fucking care. What? Well, the Cher was my next one. That's that's my number two queen. Yeah, the best. The best. Again, both of those women, just like, they've earned the right to just be like, whatever. Get it. Just... Get out of my face. Kind of. Yeah. What about like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie? Well, which one? Both. Okay, two of the most absolutely ravishingly beautiful human beings in person that you will ever see. Like crazy, crazy. Like you see them, you're just like, <gasps> and um, I got to tell you, they've both been lovely to me. They both, I have nothing bad to say about either one of them. They have both separately and together been just always, always a lovely, you walk away with a, with a, with a nice feeling. Always lovely encounters. That's good. What about Oprah? Um, I met her twice. Um, and she was nice to me both times. Uh, I think she's very, very smart. I think she's very smart. What about Beyonce? Oh, girl, she just absolutely, I mean, smart, gorgeous, knows her fan base, knows how to play to her base. Brilliant. Plays to her base every time and knows when to make a statement, what statement to make, or whoever is advising her is brilliant. But, you know, she just, she knows. Again, these women are very smart. She knows yeah. what she knows what to say. You know, when she could have made, you know, the statements that she made were well-crafted and how she's handling things and really does keep a, a sense of, of privacy to her life. 
have you ever been, I mean, starstruck, you know, like Madonna, Cher, Oprah, like, I mean, I don't, I assume no, but. Oh God, yes. Really? You still oh, get yeah. starstruck? Of course, who doesn't? Who doesn't? And very often it's, it's a charisma based thing. Like you meet someone and they just have so much charisma that you're just like, holy shit. Um, absolutely. I always get starstruck with athletes. Really? Yeah. But of course you get starstruck. How can you not? You know, you're standing there talking to Brad Pitt and you're just like, love me. Yeah, I mean, me. I would assume so. You know, love me. And I'm, I'm always surprised. Like, people always think, for a perfect example, one of the warmest and loveliest is Nicole Kidman. And you would look at her and think, ice princess, reserved, very cold. Absolutely the opposite in person. Absolutely the op opposite. Funny, gets it, lovely, warm. And I always like that kind of thing where I'd rather be surprised by someone in a positive way. Because there's plenty of them that you meet and you're just like, what an asshole. Well, on that note, who's your worst celebrity encounter ever? Oh, hands down, there's two, but I'll only tell you one. And that is Tommy Lee Jones. Just an unpleasant human being. Um, clearly hated doing red carpets, hated being interviewed, hated the press, hated all that and made sure that he made the experience just as miserable for us as it was for him. He had a brilliant actor and very smart, but just made sure that we were suffering as much as he did. I think I remember you saying this on Fashion Place it's just Perfect. like, oh. And the other one that you don't want to tell me, it's just someone that we would be shocked at or? There's a couple that are just not nice. Not nice people. But you always have to wonder. It's like, life is going well. Like, I understand it's really hard work to be in the entertainment industry, but just like, what's so wrong that you can't be nice? And just nasty, unpleasant Mean girls. Mean girls. What about the comedians? You know, because like so many of these female comedians, you know, will say like, I'm here because of Joan, which I kind of agree with. But like, what female comics like are you loving? Like, do you have like a favorite? Oh, God. Um, God, there's so many and they're all so good. I mean, Sarah Silverman is brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I think much more than she even gets credit for. I think Whitney Cummings, I think more than anything, she is such a good writer. She's truly a phenomenal writer. Um, God, it's just so hard to figure out. I think Ellen has gotten funnier and funnier and funnier through the years, but I'm talking about over 25 years as her confidence has grown and she's become more confident in who she is, her stand-up has gotten very strong, very funny. Um, always has been, but I just, you can, if you go back and look at some of the original stuff versus the most recent stuff, her comfort in who she is, it, it is so pronounced that it, it elevates the material even further. And I think that's really interesting. Not that she was ever bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
she owns the stage much more. She owns everything much more. Does um, your mom have like favorites? God, she loved Sarah. Really? She loved Sarah so much. She adored Whitney. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm, I'm just sticking with the women because I think that's what you're looking for, not the one. I mean, she adored, she thought Chris Rock was brilliant. She thought Louis C.K. was brilliant. She thought, you know, obviously Robin Williams and Billy. I mean, there was that huge crop. Whoopi. Hilarious. Whoopi is hilarious. What about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? The fact that it is based on Joan. Like, can't we just give credit where credit's due? If you, if your, if your listeners could see my face, I choose not to discuss that show because I have never seen an episode. I, it's, I, I choose not to. Do people ask you about it a lot? Every day. Really? Okay. <laughs> All, the All the time. I just did a radio tour uh, promoting the podcast. And one of the notes was, you know, when you're doing those long yeah. radio tours where you do like 30 stations in three hours kind of thing. One of the notes was, do not ask me about Mrs. Maisel because I can't spend my entire interviews discussing that. I don't even watch the show, if that makes you feel any better. I just... No, and by the way... I'm sort of annoyed at the fact that I'm annoyed because the show is supposedly fantastic. Everyone says it's great. Everyone says it's great. And I wish I could watch it, but just there's an emotional component that I just can't watch it. I get that. I just, I get that. Yeah. I just watch so much reality TV. What are you watching? What are you loving? I mean, I love it all. I'm going to have to say my latest obsession is Selling Sunset. Oh, I haven't watched that. Do you like, like, the million-dollar listing, million-dollar yes. listing? Okay, well, I mean, that's great, too, but do you know what Selling Sunset is? No. It's I mean, I've seen it come up on my list. It's on Netflix. It's The right. first season came out. I, I didn't watch it. It got, like, a little bit of fanfare, and then during COVID, the second season came out, and everyone's talking about it. I'm like, I am not taking on another reality show. This is just way too much. It is, like... So first of all, it's from Adam DeVello, who did The Hills, and we're going to be right. So let's just start with that fact. Right. It's like the Oppenheim group. They're in L.A., two brothers. I mean, every woman that works there is a size zero, negative zero, negative one, one, or two. It's, I'm not exaggerating. It's about like six women that work there, and they are literally toothpicks in size zero. So let's just start with that. <laughs> okay, let's start with that. And they're selling real estate and it's by the people that do the hills. It's like, it's just, I mean, it is real estate porn. It's drama in the office. One of the girls, Chriselle, she's the one that's getting divorced from Justin Hartley from This Is Us. So throw that in. Right. It's just, but it's like real, if you like Million Dollars saying I like, you will love this. Got it. Well, I'm friends with Josh Flagg, so... You know, that's a good one. Do you, I mean, he's great. Like Million Dollar Listing LA is a great show. Yeah. Do you have right. any favorite reality shows? Oh gosh. Um, well, obviously, just like everybody else, I watched Tiger King. Um, I was addicted to Below Deck for a long time. That's a good I'm one. Super addicted to that. Um, not watching that now. Right now, I'm in a much more of a documentary kind of phase 
Um, so that's a lot more right now. I'm not, that's kind of the only reality I'm watching. I just watched, you know what I watched last night that I really enjoy? Why? The Palm Springs. What's that? It's the uh, uh, Andy Samberg movie. Oh. Hulu. I think it's Hulu. I really enjoyed that. I like that a lot. I watched it last night. I'll put that on my list. Yeah, I like that. Um, what else? I don't know. I've like lost track of everything I've watched. I really feel like I'm running out of, other than current things that are on now, like I'm running out of things. Absolutely. But I just, I literally, everyone's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I've given up. Try selling Sunset, I'm telling you. Try selling Sunset and watch Palm. I really enjoyed Palm Springs. And did you watch Hollywood? I mean, it's not reality, but. No, I got three quarters of the way through and then something distracted me and I forgot what it was. Do you know what I went back and watched, which I never watched, were the first two seasons of Penny Dreadful. Oh, I've never watched that. That's cool. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because now the new season's the one that's on City of Angels. But yeah. I went back because I didn't know I didn't need to watch those two to understand the third season, which you don't. But I went back and watched the first two seasons and I really enjoyed that. I need it. I mean, I watch so much reality. I like, I always need a good scripted show. What's your, what's your all time favorite reality show? <sighs> it's so hard. So, I mean, for this, for work. So I interview a lot of reality people. So, I mean, of course, the housewives, I love the yes. housewives, New York, but like, Probably like The Hills, like old school, like The Hills, The Simple Life with Paris and Nicole, which I get it was like scripted reality, but that's still. That was a that groundbreaking was show. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Una Murray. Brilliant. Yeah. It was great. And The Hills. And so, like, currently, like The Housewives. Oh, Vanderpump Rules, classic. <laughs> classic. That's a, I'm telling you, once you go down the Bravo hole, it's, it's a deep, dark hole. Yeah, I never, I never went down that. Uh, you're better off. I, I mean, it, I, I have such limited time. <laughs> but my, believe it or not, my ex-husband is addicted to the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Really? That's why I said to him, I go, how did it start? He's like, I don't know. He's like, but he is completely addicted to it, which cracks me up. Do you know any of them? not their demographic at all. Uh, no, he's the demographic for Below Deck. That's like the straight people show. Right. Or straight, just, straight man show, I should say. Yeah, and he, can, for every reason, early on got hooked on Real Housewives, and it's hilarious. Like, Cooper goes to his dad's house, and I'm, he's like, yeah, we're watching Real Housewives. That's hilarious. Does, does he know? I mean, do you know any of them? Just because you were um, there? Lisa, you know, I've, I've met them all along the way. Um, I don't know. I just, I remember watching the original when it was the Real Housewives of Orange County. The original, original. Yeah. Back in the day. And then I sort of stopped after that. It just wasn't for you. No, I just, I, again, I, I run very hot and cold. It's very feast or famine with me. Like I'll binge, binge, binge. And then I'm like, meh. And I'll stop. It's such a commitment. Like it's, you can't miss anything. Right. You know what else I loved was, um, oh God, the one with Elle Fanning. Yeah. The Great. Yeah. Oh my God. If you haven't seen that, run. Really? It's that good? Oh my God. 
And as a gay man, you are going to go bananas for it. It was kind of on my list. Oh, no. Move it right up to the top. Move the great right up to the top because it's all the amazing gorgeousness of a period piece, but funny. Wow. Yeah. Just for the sets alone and the costuming alone. You had me. I mean, you've, you've sold me. Yeah. No, like start that tonight. I need a new show. What about like all these, you know, not even just comics, but like, com- I mean, I'm just thinking of some comics, but like, what about all of these people getting in trouble for everything they're saying? I mean. I have a, I have a, <clears throat> I have a lot of feelings about the whole PC culture. Part of being a good comic is knowing where the line is and just how far you can go over it. And I think people forget that. I also think that a lot of things are taken out of context of the time in which they were said and what was acceptable to be said in those moments. Um, The one thing that gets me crazy about the cancel culture and all of that is, so basically we're being, we're meaning everyone, being judged by the absolute stupidest worst thing we could ever say in our lives, no matter how old you were. And I think, and I always think of Kevin Hart as the example. First of all, when he made the jokes he did, that was very much a part of a lot of people's acts. Granted, was it sensitive? No. But we were also living at a time where people actually did laugh at themselves. But he got punished for that. But yet no one gave him credit that he was 22. And now at 42, he's probably grown and evolved. And I think- so much of it of being judging people by stuff they've done 20, 30 years ago or 10 years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong. Blackface, never good. You know, but I think there's a lot of things like you're not allowed to make jokes about anything anymore. It's like, please put things in the context, in the acceptability, acceptability level of the context, of the time in which they were said and done. And you have to let people say, you know what? I look back on that. That was stupid, or I never should have said that, or at the time we believed that was okay. I understand that it's not, now I understand that it's really not okay, and it's definitely not okay now. And, you know, let's, let's, err, let's, let's think about that. People do evolve and do change. Could you imagine if you were still, you know, judged by everything you did as a junior in college? No. I couldn't, if I was judged from what I did a year ago, like I just, no. And I think there's part, now there are obviously certain lines that should never, ever have been crossed and should never be crossed. Right. But, you know, especially when it comes to comedy, I mean, nowadays you could not make Airplane. You could not make Animal House. You could not make Blazing Saddles. You could not make so many of these great movies and movies that, you know, are hilarious, but you couldn't make them now. No way. No way. I agree with that. What about like, I mean, like the whole thing that happened to like Roseanne, Kathy Griffin. Well, that's a a very specific case. Right. That's someone who was, you know, has been known to go off the rails in the past and guess what she went off the rails again not a shocker right you know again that one was not 
shocking and I'm surprised and that it, she had it together for as long as she did. How would your mom do in the cancel culture though? Because she was unapologetically like, you know, wasn't she and like- she would, she would say, well, right before she died here, she would open her show by walking on stage and rallying off a list of the worst racial slurs and epitaphs that she could figure out. I mean, everything. No one was spared. And her whole thing was she would stop and, she, and you could hear the air get sucked out of the room and she would stop and say, okay, we're all something. Now let's move on. And would start her show. Yeah. Which is a great way to start a show. Yeah, we're all something. Moving on. What about masks? What would your mom say about masks? Oh, she'd be happy. Think of all, it, it hides a multitude of flaws. See, if fashion police were ever brought back, we can make masks part of it. Exactly. You know, she would, she would have been very happy because that meant she only had to do her eye makeup. And finally, as we wrap up, like, what is next for you? You're doing your podcast. You're going on vacation. I'm going on vacation. Um, I'm currently writing a new book. Really? Yes. And I have a couple really interesting shows in development. So. You're busy. There's a lot going on. What's the book, what's the book going to be about? Um, it's a comedy book. And uh, it's, as of right now, it's called Lies My Mother Told Me. So. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's basically my mother's take, in air quotes, on history and anything you could think of, you know? Did you know that the French Revolution was started because Marie Antoinette had uh, cut bangs? She came home, she wasn't happy, she mumbled something about ice cream and cake, and well, there you go. <laughs> I love it. You know, I just make it up as I go. I love it. Yeah. It wasn't the last supper, it was the last brunch, you know? I love it. That's so amazing. Fun. So my writing partner and I are having a great time working on it because we just take whatever event and say, okay, let's make up a story about that. That's and a great idea for my mom being the protagonist, we can make it as outrageous as we want. Totally. It's totally believable. So it's, we're having a really good time writing it. I love it. Everyone needs to listen to your podcast. Where can we find you online? Your Everywhere. Podcast. Everywhere. Apple, Storic, which is the platform I'm on. Everywhere you can find them, I'm there. It's a great podcast. On Instagram, where can we find you? Uh, at Melissa Rivers Official. Love it. Melissa Rivers, group text podcast. Everyone needs to listen to it. I seriously, seriously, I interview a ton of people for this show, but I really, really appreciate this. I know you were oh, busy. You've been, you've been lovely. You and are lovely. The time has flown by. I love you. Thank you to Sabrina and everyone for making it happen. I'll tell John you say hi. Oh, my beloved John. We love our John, right? We love our John. He's, he's, First thing in the morning, I look at that, that email. I could not get by without it. It's like, that is my literal, like, 
And I don't like read all that, like this, I'm like every word and I'm like, I don't need anything else for the day. No, it's like your daily primer. Yeah, it's literally everything. So he doesn't like when I talk about him too much on this show, but with you, Well, he's the one that brought us together. So at our wedding, we can toast him. We're going to toast him. Any day you want to get married. Listen, if we're still single. Oh, please. And like. And we're both into fashion. We're both into fashion and like, we can, we can be bi-coastal. I'll like get you Absolutely. back to New York. Exactly. You have a place so, in New York now. A place in LA. And we have to buy, we'd have to though convert two rooms into full closets. Yes. It's so. all about the closet. You can oh. have, you can keep the air conditioning any way you want. I just need my closet, Melissa. You and I, it's all good. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. All right, I'll see you later. You got it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.